So the Eat Local CMY podcast, thanks so much uh, to those of you that are checking this out. You know, we launched a podcast about two years ago and had a couple great interviews. That podcast went way by the wayside. Um, it's something that I've always been passionate about. I love listening to podcasts personally, and I just thought that it was something I like. I like telling people about food and restaurants and chefs in Syracuse and Central New York. Whether you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or you have your Eat Local CMY card or whatever the case is, if you're familiar with us, we try to tell people about these interesting places and just about restaurant life in general because for us, we choose to support local. For myself, I choose to support local when it comes to uh, as many things as I can, but especially the food scene. And I think that the locally owned restaurants need to be promoted more so than the big chain or franchise. And so that's what we do, right? That's what Eat Local CMY is all about. And we've launched a blog in the past. We've done the podcast in the past, like I said. But I've always loved the podcast because it, it's not edited. A, an article, a blog, which love them. There's some great authors, some great writers here in town. But they're always edited down for uh, length, right? It's always a few hundred words about a subject or a person. The best things picked out. I love a podcast because you just get to listen to people sit and talk about whatever. And on this podcast, it's always going to be about food or the people behind food. But it's not edited down. It's not 500 words. It's not a four-minute video. And actually, there's no promotion. There's no money behind it. So somebody can't pay me to promote them on this. So you get to see a genuine person, and that's really the goal here, is to introduce you to people behind restaurants or just in this industry that I think are amazing, that are doing something uh, unique and different here in Syracuse. And the goal of this is to introduce you to them in an unedited form. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do, leave me a review. Give me your honest thoughts. Hit the subscribe button, whatever platform that you're going to listen to this on. Um, And here is my shameless self-promotion, the Eat Local CMY card. For those of you that don't know what this is, it is a discount card. It's a reusable coupon for locally owned restaurants. You can buy the card from us for $20 over at eatlocalcmy.com. We'll mail it right out to you. And anytime you go to one of the participating restaurants and you spend $25 or more, you're going to save $5 off your bill but you can use it as many times as you want until the end of September of 2019. And, uh, yeah, just show them that you have the card, and that's it. There's 81 restaurants on the card right now. So pretty happy about that, and we're gunning, we're gunning for 100 by the spring. So by the springtime, you will have 100 different places where you can save. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got for you for this introduction into the Eat Local podcast, Eat Local CMY podcast. Uh, this interview is with Anthony D'Onofrio. Really loved sitting down and talking to him. And uh, again, if there's a place, if you have the opportunity to ever have anything that he's cooked, even if you have to hit him up on Facebook and ask for him to come cook dinner for you and your friends one night and pay him a lot of money to do so, you should do it. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoy the interview with Anthony D'Onofrio. <laughs> I've always been interested in you just from obviously Modern Mall. Yeah. 
Were there any other restaurants in Syracuse that you cooked at besides Modern Mall? No, uh, that was actually the the one and only in Syracuse that I've ever worked at. I helped out at Clinton Street Pub and uh, yeah. when we had the bakery. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, that's it, because um, I lived in Pennsylvania previously. So, so you're not from Syracuse. I am from Syracuse, okay. but then I moved to Pennsylvania and came back. Okay. And I was like Googling you. So uh, <laughs> you went to culinary school where? Uh, Pennsylvania College of Technology okay. in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. How old were you when you, when you went there? I was, I think, 25 or 26. So I went later on. What were you doing before that? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> Just like all kinds of different stuff. Different I didn't cook shit. before I went to culinary school. Okay. It, it was like, so my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we, uh, she moved down there to work at Penn State. Okay. And uh, like I said, I wasn't really doing anything special, so I was like, I'll go. Mm-hmm. So I moved down there, and then while I was before I left, I was like, well, what am I going to do when I go there? <laughs> and I don't know why, but I thought, I don't know how to cook. Maybe I should go to culinary school. And <laughs> looking back at it now, that was such a stupid idea because there are so <laughs> many people that did similar things, and they just don't they don't make it. It's like really? it's not for them. Yeah. And I got lucky that that I loved it, and hmm. I could actually get jobs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Were you thinking like I just don't know how to cook for future family or just I don't in know, general? I don't or? know what kind of stupid thought that was, but <laughs> it was just kind of like I don't know how to cook. Maybe I should learn culinary school. Seems like it would be fun. I'd like to like uh, you know cooking shows like Chopped and things like that. And uh, I, I I got lucky. Like I said, I I loved it. So <laughs> so you you go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Was that a two year program? It was a two year program. And then yep. You're done, and what's next? So I was done, and uh, I was working uh, at two jobs at the time. I was working at a place called Zola New World Bistro and also Wegmans. Okay. Um, down there? Yep, down in Pennsylvania. And uh, so once I uh, graduated, it was a little, maybe a couple months, I got a, the sous chef job at the restaurant I was at, Zola. So I quit Wegmans. I was just there. And then uh, from there, I followed the executive chef around to maybe three different restaurants where I was a sous chef under him. Mm. And then uh, he left and opened up his own food truck. And then I went to another restaurant where I became the executive chef. Hmm. And uh, so I would work there. And then on the weekends after I got out of work, I would go help him at his food truck till like three or four in the morning and uh, do it all over again. But uh, awesome. that, that was fun. I loved, I loved doing that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What was the food truck specializing in? Uh, he tried to do like world cuisine. So he would have Indian food. He would have macaroni and cheese. He would have like his, I think probably one of his biggest sellers was a macaroni and cheese, grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, wow. So we were right in state college, Pennsylvania, which is where Penn state is. So at two, three in the morning, it was just a bunch of kids getting out of the bars. So they, (laughs) they loved that stuff. Is the food truck scene ever going to do anything? And let me rephrase that. (laughs) Can the food truck scene ever do anything? I, I, Yes, I think it could. Um, I think it's a matter of just like legislation, just like where you can put food trucks and things of that nature, because it's not the kind of city where you can just drive a food truck to anywhere you want and sell. As far as I know, I don't know a whole lot about food trucks, but I think you need to get a permit and things like that. Yeah, you have to have the permit. I mean, that was one of the big things that um, like, you know, Ben Walsh was talking about when he was running and Mm -hmm. something that they changed was... It's just so much uh, more affordable. Mm-hmm. I think it used to be $1,500 or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. just to even think about going downtown, right. and now it's significantly less. Yeah, so with the stuff yeah. like that will make it easier. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very few, um, there's very few, like, legit food trucks, though, yeah. I feel like, around here. Yeah, I agree. 
You know, I, th- I think the food truck scene in Syracuse is a lot like the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Most of it's just kind of this hodgepodge it is. of yes. stuff yep. put together. Yeah. Old U-Haul, yeah. you know, <laughs> trucks that have been converted. It is. And some of those work, but not all of them do. Yeah. There's, I, you know, maybe it's just because I'm kind of a dick, but <laughs> when I see that, I'm like, please. Yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know if the people that own that are going to listen to this or not, or if it's just going to be my might mom be. and your family. But you know, um, I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, I just I romanticize the industry, mm-hmm. and you know, I watch you know movies like Chef, yeah. and I you know it like kind of gets me excited mm-hmm. for it, and I'm yeah. like, why not? I, you know, I lived yeah. in Austin for a little bit. Yep. You know, I know kind of. Uh, a bit of like a legit food truck scene. Yeah. And I'd love to see some, I get the winner. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'd love to see yeah. something like that around mm-hmm. here. And then my other thought would be, you know, where would you have all those food trucks all at the same time? Yeah. You know, where, cause Armory Square isn't the place to put them all. There's not enough room. Yeah. And there's already too many restaurants. Yeah. There's already too many restaurants. So then where do you go from there? Yeah. There's not like the downtown area is like, you know, Army Square is nice there, but then you go mm-hmm. out a little bit, and it's like nobody's gonna walk to, yeah, you know, right. South Salina Street to, yeah, to go to ten food trucks. Exactly, and you know, I you know, I think Westcott Street, but you know, yeah, one Westcott th- Street would be a good option. Yeah, it'd be a, a cool little location yeah. for a food truck thing mm-hmm. late at night. Yeah, um, but there are people in this town who kind of respect each other enough to not step on each other's sure. toes. Yeah. You know, um, it, I think Westcott would be a killer spot. That would be for a good it. spot. But who wants to go in there and screw with Alto? Because everybody loves Alto. Right. Yeah. So, and they're open late and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And there's more stuff going in up there too, from what I hear. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, with Picasso's, I know Recess is supposed to be doing something yeah. with that building. Yep. Obviously, Rise and Shine's open up yep. their second diner mm-hmm. up there. So. Yeah, I think that'll do well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to do really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Mom's if that other diner across the street is yeah. staying there, if they're going I'm out not sure. or what, but I haven't heard it's going to be hard to compete with it rise and shine yeah. and their Instagram account. You right. Know? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's always challenging. Yeah. Like if somebody has something that you can Instagram that everybody can Instagram, mm-hmm. yep. it's hard to compete against yeah, stuff it is. like that. Yeah. I mean, to this day, the most liked picture on my Instagram account well, I take that back. Now it's my dog. But for like the last year, it's been a box of glazed and confused. Yeah. Because who doesn't like a right, yeah. crazy donut on their mm-hmm. Instagram account? So, yeah. Yeah. Westcott's a, you know, it's this really interesting area for food and mm-hmm. everything in our city. And uh, it's growing up. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. So that'll be pretty interesting. My a buddy of mine, I'll give him a shout out. Junkie Joe is his nickname, but yeah, uh, you know, his idea was start a food truck and then just contact these sorority houses yeah. and say we'll feed everybody inside for free, but we're gonna just leave our truck here for a couple hours. That's a good idea. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we don't really tap into the SU student population yeah. a whole heck of a lot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that had to have been pretty much like the clientele at Modern Mall. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. All right, so you're in, you know, uh, College Station, right? College Co- Station. State College. State College. Yep. And uh, so you're at, you're in State College and then doing that thing. When do you come up yep. to Syracuse? Uh, I think it was probably the end of 2015. Okay. I think that sounds about right. 
So I, uh, my wife and I, we wanted to move back to Syracuse so we could like, you know, do the buy the house and have mm-hmm. kids kind of thing near our family. Um, so I actually uh, quit my job there without having a job lined up. And then I went to uh, Newport, Rhode Island, and I went and I was the guest chef at a restaurant for two weeks. Hmm. And I hoped that in those two weeks that I found a job here in Syracuse because <laughs> it was like, well, after that, now I'm just going to drive back to Syracuse and that's it. We're just yeah. we're just going for it. And uh, so I actually did find a job. I found the job at Modern Malt. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> while I was in Syrac- or while I was in Newport, hmm. um, so they hadn't opened yet. Uh, so I started there and probably end of December and then I think we opened up in February okay was it 2016 I can't remember if it was 2015 or 20 it must have been 2015 yeah I think we opened February 2015 yeah. so I yeah I just had this conversation with Trey okay talking about because <laughs> on the video I'm like what you how long have you been in business and so we just had this conversation yeah because <laughs> it says established 2014 yeah, that's right. that's exactly what I had the thought in my head I was like no it says established 2014 yeah that's 2014 so yeah because they started it before you know we actually opened so right yeah so what are you doing at culinary school? I mean, I'm still in awe of the menu at Modern Mall. <laughs> and so, like, what are you doing at culinary school? How do you get, like, how do you develop that menu? Is it stuff that you learned back then? Is it stuff that you picked up while you're... You know, uh, it's it's a combination of all those things. Yeah, it's some stuff that I learned and some stuff that I just, you know, when I when I was in culinary school and even afterwards when I was at Modern Mall all the time, like, I would just come home from work and I would just open books and I would just be reading books and just looking at other people's recipes and just I was just so interested by it I just I loved it so I did it all day long hmm. at work and I'd come home and I'd just stay up late and yeah. and think of ideas hmm. I'd like to think that I'm a creative person that's what like I I draws me to yeah um the restaurant industry and creating menus and stuff like that so I, know, I just like I have notes all over in my phone of just ideas and ideas mm. and ideas that and you know it's sometimes I'll there'll be a stupid idea but I'll leave it on there and then I'll revisit it six months later and be like oh you know I could change this and then now this actually works and you know so like everything mm. on that menu was probably created I don't know could have been created while I was in Pennsylvania could have been created yeah. you know the day before it went on the menu like right yeah you never know because it's it's a leap I mean you know to I mean, obviously the name Modern Malt, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it's kind of self-explanatory, yeah. but it's still a leap for a, a restaurant mm-hmm. to go uh, in that direction yeah. when not really, I mean, as far as I know, Rise and Shine wasn't in existence back then. Yeah. If they were, they weren't doing what yep. they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really anybody else in the area is doing anything like yeah. that. So in a way, it kind of makes it yeah. a little easier because you mm-hmm. found your different thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I mean, was there any like pushback? Are you trying to like convince the owners like, hey, we need to do this? Not really. They kind of let me have free reign of what I wanted to do. You know, I think if if I was started to do stuff that just like didn't work, they probably would have said something. But mm. I, I think I, I did a pretty decent job of trying to create things that that fit into what we were doing. Yeah. You know, I didn't try and do fine dining. I didn't try and do, mm-hmm. you know, just like your average diner. We were somewhere in between there where, you know, I, I think one of the hardest things for, I say this to all my friends that like are trying to open up restaurants, stuff like that, you know, you have to make the food approachable to, to the normal people. You can put foie gras on your menu all day long, but if you do it with stuff that nobody's ever heard of, nobody's going to buy it, Mm -hmm. but I can put foie gras on a burger and people are like, Oh yeah, I'll buy that. I get that. I understand the burger. So let me just try that one extra Mm -hmm. thing on there. That's different. Yeah. 
you know, you have to, there has to be like a story almost to it. Like, okay, I understand most of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me try this one little piece that's different. You can't try, you know, mm. you can't have a dish that's just like everything on the dish is something nobody's ever heard mm. of. Nobody's going to buy it. So you have to put it in an, an approachable package. And I think that's what we did well there. I think, you know, Modern Mall hit it out of the park without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on, I'd say like top, it's definitely top five restaurants <laughs> in Syracuse yeah. without a doubt. Obviously, I don't. I'll say this. I don't think I feel the same way now. <laughs> uh, no knocks to you know to what's going on there yeah. in this yeah. point, but there is something for for people who know anything about food. Mm-hmm. There is something uh, to be able to go to that restaurant mm-hmm. and know that the chef that's back there yeah. uh, created this or right. knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, versus somebody who's just kind of working off yeah. the list, right? Because you put in a lot of hours there, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it wasn't just like a typical set it and then they yeah. run with it. No, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot more than that, yeah. <laughs> what about the bake shop? I mean, was that like a passion of yours? Was that just something that happened? Um, I, it is kind of a passion of mine. I actually love making bread. That's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, there's just something about it. I love just getting my hands on some, yeah. some bread, just like some nice dough and letting it rise. And just, yeah. it's a real, like, it's a craft. Yeah. And I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we were talking about the coffee, the way you guys brew the coffee here. Right. I, I love that kind of scenario where it's just like somebody really is like into like making it the best they can and going out of their way. Right. <laughs> Inconveniencing yeah. themselves to make it as best they can. Yeah. You know, I love that. And especially when you're taught, you're selling it to people who mm-hmm. aren't noticing a lot yeah. of it. Yep. Exactly. You know, yeah. you know, p- customers aren't necessarily going to show up and mm-hmm. say that they can you know, uh, in a detailed way, be able to point out the difference between this mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. They just know that they like it yep. or they know. That yeah, exactly. Good. Yep. They just know it's good or it's bad. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. there's so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. So yeah, the bake shop, I loved making bread and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also it, it fed the restaurant, all mm-hmm. our breads and our desserts. So it, it made sense cause we didn't have to buy anything. Yeah. Um, and it was better. Yeah. You know, it was better than if you buy it. Um, and we had, uh, our pastry chef was Brandon Gore and he's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Is he? Yeah. He's so good. He actually, he's, uh, the pastry chef at the century club right now. Mm. Really? Yep. Yeah. He's super talented. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like best bakery is around right now, but the well, it, it would have been the stoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stoop would have been up until Yemen left. I thought he moved to like Hawaii or something like that. Uh, he went to Europe, I think, and then he came back. Yeah, uh, just maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what his plan is exactly, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I saw him at uh, CNY Brewfest, and I was like, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> what the hell is happening? Yeah, his pastries are just uh, unbelievable. <laughs> you know, Yemen is is the best with pastries. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I don't think anybody can touch his bread and pastries. Mm. No doubt. Uh, Kaylee from, uh, where is she now? At uh, Half Moon. Half Moon. Yeah. Yeah. She is the best decorator. Mm. And then Brandon, I think, is the best plated dessert guy, mm. hands down. I think those three, they each have their, their strengths. Yeah. And, the, mm. and they're the best at them. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. So who that's else? my ranking. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from pastries, when it comes to, regular food mm-hmm. who else who is the best at their craft here and i don't know there's uh, i think there are a lot of people doing a lot of really good things yeah and i i don't want to 
leave anybody out right. because they're my friends. <laughs> that's very that's uh, very um, political and good. Yeah, <laughs> but there are there are a lot. I mean, the, I think there are a lot of really good chefs doing good things here. Yeah. You know, everybody at the Chef and the Cook, all three of them are killer. Um, I think D Fee is amazing. Those two guys are are ridiculous. Um, Kasai Ramen has has some really great guys there. I think they put out some really good products. Um, but I think I think they have, uh, yeah. that's a good group of of really talented chefs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's are, there are a lot of really talented chefs in Syracuse mm-hmm. just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of them get stuck doing normal everyday food. Yes. Yeah, I think, and you know, going back to your point about you know just the creativity aspect mm-hmm. of food, it does. T- there's a difference between a good cook and obviously there's a difference between a good chef and a great chef. Yeah. And there's a difference between a great chef and a creative chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of great chefs and mm-hmm. good chefs in this town. There are. Yeah. They're just, they lack a lot of creativity. Yeah. And I think there are, you know, being a good chef, there are so many different parts to being a good chef. You might be really great at running a kitchen and uh, making it run smooth and, and creating, you know, all the recipes and things like that, mm-hmm. but then you may not be able to write a menu. And yeah. there are people that can probably write great menus, but don't know how to, can't manage people, can't do all that stuff. So it's a, uh, you have to try and juggle a lot of things if you want to really be more than just a normal chef or just a kitchen manager, honestly, in Syracuse. For sure. There's more kitchen managers than anything here. So I work so much with owners mm-hmm. and, and a little bit with chefs, but I work a lot more with owners because those are the ones I'm trying to get to make the decisions. Yeah, you sure. Know? And 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 even doing like the marketing for them because I do the marketing for six restaurants around here. Yeah. And so always try like I'm always texting those clients mm-hmm. saying, "What did we do yesterday? Like, yeah. how was business?" Mm-hmm. And so it is. It's easy to like get focused on the money aspect of it, mm-hmm. but also just kind of the "this is how business is done" aspect. Yeah. And I was doing a I was doing like the first promo video for out at uh, Chef and the Cook and Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was on it. And he said something like kind of arrogant, and <laughs> I think I think it wasn't it wasn't like well, that's just Jason, it's yeah, okay. for sure he knows that, right? <laughs> it wasn't overtly arrogant, but it he said something to the effect of, obviously the food here is going to be the best, and <laughs> you know now we're focusing on these other things, yeah. And as I was editing it, and I realized that's what he said, I had this thought to myself of. We try to think like chefs in the food industry mm-hmm. just because, I don't know, we're used to it or yeah. we're, you know, it's our environment mm-hmm. or whatever the case is that they should be this professional mm-hmm. business type person. Yeah. And then I immediately just thought of like reading Anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. book and just all the debauchery yeah. and, you know, trash that went on. I'm thinking, yep. but chefs aren't that type of a person. <laughs> They're crazy they're you know all over the place Mm -hmm. and whatever yeah and that's kind of what we should expect Mm -hmm. it's like trying to you know take a tiger and put it in a zoo yeah you know (laughs) yeah like it's not gonna work right i I think that's why a lot of chefs jump from job to job because they do something and it's like they get bored with that place and Mm -hmm. they want to do something else and Mm -hmm. you know that's just the, the nature of of who we are it's not necessarily you know, that I feel like it draws us in to this type of environment because we fit the mold of like, oh, we we're impatient, you know, we're yeah. we're persistent. 
then we're creative. So we like, we're constantly trying to do something. We can't sit still. We can't, yeah. you know, so it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, cause I think about that sometimes, like it's a scenario of like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you become that kind of person because you're a chef yeah. or do you become a chef because you're that kind of person? Mm-hmm. And I think you become a chef because you're, you're just that kind of, that's just who you are. That's just, yeah. you know, once you get the taste for it, mm-hmm. it's like you, you can't get rid of it. You gotta, you gotta keep getting more of it. I think it's a, probably a big reason why there's so many chefs that are opening up their own restaurants yeah. now mm-hmm. it's just that ability to be able to create whatever you want right and not have to worry about somebody who's writing mm-hmm. the page the checks yeah exactly telling you what's happening right and i don't know i'm sure there's a lot before my time and kind of get into the food scene here but i don't know who the first chef run owned operated restaurant was in this town but there's definitely a few now, for sure. Yeah. I guess, like, the first one that pops into my head was Kevin Gentili. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, like, that, I, you know, that's the guy you always hear about. I think Tony Rowe had uh, uh, The Dark Horse, I believe. Okay. Um, when it was when it first opened. Mm-hmm. And, for, like, that was what before I do anything. You know, I wanted Happy Meals probably back then. So Yeah, right. Um, but from what I hear, everybody's like, yeah, that was, like, the place to go. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. And I don't know, are they the... Do they open scenic route? I don't know. It might be. It might be the same. Yeah. I know it was somebody yeah. from Dark Horse opened yeah. scenic route back I feel when like I've opened. heard something like that yeah. before. Yeah. So what's going on? What's next for you? Oh, I don't know. Just, uh, you know, doing my normal nine to five job so I can play with a baby yeah. the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, you know, I get out to restaurants here and there to help them out. Like I saw you with the chef and the cook. Yeah. I was there for a few days, and I go out to uh, the Ridge every once in a while and help Chance Bear. I don't know if you okay. know him. I've never met him. No, he's yeah. a really good guy. Is he? He's yeah. He's a great chef. Is he? Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah. he he's been to the James Beard House. Yeah, I not know just that. like somebody brought him. Like he gets asked to go to the James Beard House. Wow. I think he's gone at least three times. Huh. You've been there, right? Yeah, I went there. Jason and I went with okay. Chance, and we had a few other people go. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother story. Not fit for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. But yeah, chances. Yeah, he's amazing. He's pretty solid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you pop up at some of the farm to fork. Yeah, do some farm to forks. Do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't want to stay out of it totally because I, I, I'd like to get back into it someday. We'll yeah. see what happens. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to plan that far in the future. Just trying yeah. to yeah, do what sure. I'm doing right now and yeah, and see where that takes me. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast by Eat Local CMY. Said it before, head over to eatlocalcmy.com and check out some of the videos we've done and some of the restaurants we've promoted. Pick up your Eat Local CMY card. It's that reusable coupon for all the locally owned restaurants. And subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to to this on. Leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much again for checking out the interview with Anthony D'Onofrio, and we'll catch you at the next episode.